Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. We are NARC Troopers, and if you like today's episode, you can go to narctroopers.com and find a collection of articles, podcasts, and vlogs, all on the subject of recovery from abusive relationship with cluster B disordered people, the narcissist, sociopath, and psychopath. Hmm. Today's topic is called The Center Will Not Hold. We have arrived at the precipice, the culture of ego, and it is that culture that will be the end of us. So I have a quote from a poem for you uh, from William Butler Yeats. The Second Coming is the name of the poem. And he begins, Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. So in this poem, The Second Coming, he asserts that chaos is descending upon the world. The forces that should bring order are failing to do so. His message is that the present world is falling apart and a new ominous reality is going to emerge. When he says, everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned, it implies that we are all complicit in this. Creatives, like writers and artists, are the conscience heart, and soul of a culture. Not only do they serve as a mouthpiece to reflect the collective consciousness, but they also bring prescient warnings. One of the most prolific writers of the 20th century was Joan Didion, and I have always hoped to channel her voice when I write. So I'm not merely providing information and stuff like that about recovery assistance from the perspective of a life coach or recovery coach, or even from that of a victim of narcopathic abuse. I am first and foremost a writer. I was a writer when this happened to me, before it happened to me, and so it's only natural that I would use something that I was already doing, a gift that I already had, and try to see what I could do with that to help people. So the way that I craft my words and construct my narrative is equally, if not more important, than the content or the message itself. I want to provide more than just um, information I want to write pieces that are more like prose than just some article or essay. 
So when you read my work, let's think about that, that you not only are getting information, support, resources, understandings and clarity about the trauma and the PTSD that often follow these kinds of relationships with disordered people, you're also getting a bit of prose as if it were literature, not just an article. So Joan Didion once said, I don't know what I think until I write it down. And that inspires me because I feel the same way. Didion conveyed a brand of fatalism and a foreboding tone that enabled her to forecast the disintegration of our society at the hands of those without vision or remorse. During the mid to late 20th century, words like narcissist and psychopath were not in the popular cultural, like, trending terms that they are today. But the writing was on the wall nonetheless. When she wrote about this this unraveling of society, she was talking about the role that these specific people have in all of that. Because at the heart and soul of the crumbling cultures throughout the globe lies a pervasive theme of ego gone wild, greed, corruption, deception, manipulation, denial, delusions, unaccountability, indulgence, decadence, perversion, immorality, entitlement, cruelty. I could keep going. Does this sound like anyone that you know? So just tune in to the news for a week and you're going to witness appalling atrocities beyond belief that reveal the reality that the moral fabric of our nation, the moral fabric of the world has unraveled to the point of no return. How do you wake up a world that has been so desynthesized to bad behavior that no one is shocked or appalled by the crimes that are happening against humanity? The readers of my articles and listeners of my podcasts are typically people who are recovering from toxic relationships with a partner with one of these disorders, and uh, therefore they live somewhere on that learning curve you know, on the road to awareness of these types of disorders. We are all seekers trying to obtain deeper understanding of both the etymology of our pairings and couplings with such impaired individuals, and at the same time, learning new ways to heal ourselves so that we can become immune and impervious to future disordered predators. In the spirit of speaking to that, let me go on to qualify my idea that much of the current chaos is caused by people who are mentally destabilized or impaired in a significant way. Normal, healthy people simply do not have the capacity for such callous actions and a complete lack of compassion or mercy. It is easy to notice that our mentally and morally, um, uh, what shall we say, mentally and morally 
um, dysregulated people um, are at the core of uh, all of this. Um, it's the only way that many who wield power and position in the world around us came to be in that place. The qualities of no conscience, ruthlessness, ambition, inflated egos, um, greed, hunger, a lust for power, all of that stuff. It creates monsters who are often successful monsters who are captains of industry or the influential leaders who run the country. The COVID virus is not the only pandemic. Narcissism and psychopathy are the new epidemics. They are manifestations of surrendering to life without spiritual convictions or moral virtue. You know, these people who are disordered, who are narcissists or psychopaths and stuff, they don't have any kind of spiritual conviction or moral virtue. They don't believe in God or in, in um, right and wrong or anything. They make their own rules. They think they're God. So depending on your religious views, these hollow souls are either metaphorically or literally possessed with demonic entities that have taken up residence inside the empty chambers of their hearts. Evil is known to be the grand deceiver, and what could be more wicked than a lack of remorse, a selfish indulgence, denial of sin and virtue that they even exist, and the predatory exploitation and destruction of other people. I think that's that's pretty much the definition of, of evil. We live in a world filled with countless numbers of people who have a character deficit and a complete lack of empathy. And unfortunately, in many cases, dysregulated people are in positions of power. Narcissism and psychopathy are signs of the time a more virulent contagion of the spirit and of the soul than any virus or pandemic could ever be. I'm not to downplay that, but if you think about it, it's true. All of these are invisible destroyers, and the masses, through their ignorance, distraction, and enabling, they allow these moral, uh, morally deficient people to, um, and the moral decay that comes with it and crimes and all of that to continue and grow. While we're not looking, we are pillaged and plundered, and then we are abandoned and left to die. There is no real way to deal with everything that we lose. That's another quote from Joan Didion. In your relationship with your disordered partner, how did they show up for you? Was it cyclical, intermittent, reinforced ups and downs that hooked your brain on the hits of dopamine from the good times? Or was it something else, a paralysis of fear and abandonment that turned your feet to stone? One thing is for certain, you don't get to keep them, not forever. There is no happy ending ever. And when they are gone, you will grieve like it was a death. 
and it was. You suddenly realize that your partner is dead and that they murdered you too. Someone once said, and this is another quote, and I'll tell you who said it in a minute. Um, Grief turns out to be a place none of us know until we reach it. We anticipate that someone close to us could die, but we do not look beyond the few days or weeks that immediately follow such an imagined death. We misconstrue the nature of even those few days or weeks. We might expect, if the death is sudden, to feel shock. We do not expect this shock to be obliterative, dislocating to both body and mind. We might expect that we will be prostrate, inconsolable, crazy with loss. We do not expect to be literally crazy. Cool customers who believe their husband is about to return and need his shoes. Okay, you want to guess where that came from? That's right. Joan Didion. And she wrote about this in her book called The Year of Magical Thinking. Um, You know, she lost her two most important people in her inner circle. She lost her daughter. And then she lost her husband. Um, Maybe she lost her husband and then she lost her daughter. And anyway, it was close together. It happened close together. And both times she responded to those events by writing books. The Year of Magical Thinking was about her husband's death. And then she wrote another book, Blue Nights, um, about her daughter's death. And both excellent. You know, I think that's how writers deal with loss and grief and the horrors of life. They write about it. I know I'm a writer and that's definitely what I do. That's why I'm doing this. It's all I know how to do. It's the only thing I know how to do. So I do it. And I hope that it's impactful in a positive way to someone. So just remember this. It's not your fault. You did everything you could, but it was not enough. It was always destined to fail in the end. You just didn't know it. And after they're gone, you grieve them as if they died, and eventually you have to put them to rest. Joan Didion also said, here's a little bit more. She said, I know why we try to keep the dead alive. We try to keep them alive alive in order to keep them with us. I also know that if we are to live ourselves, there comes a point in which we must relinquish the dead. Let them go. Keep them dead. Also from the Year of Magical Thinking. Such wise words. And I, being 22 months without my husband, 22 months of suddenly being plunged into um, darkness, solitude, um, and all of that, I'm still trying to accept um, that he is dead, that he was always dead, and that if I'm going to live, like she just said, 
if we are to live ourselves, there comes a point at which we must relinquish the dead, let them go, keep them dead. Wow, that's really good advice. Easier said than done, right? So if the dynamic is similar to the chaos in the world today, there's a way to stop the um, inevitable conclusion, isn't there? So what I think I want to tell you applies to both the recovery from this abusive relationship, this toxic relationship that you've experienced, and to the steps you can take to craft an impactful and meaningful plan of action to make a positive difference in our current world. Oh my gosh, we're in trouble as a planet, as a country, and we need people who are not going to just spend all their time and energy denying what's happening. This change, this transformation, this um, this shift, you know, and there there's so many people trying to get back to the past. They want to get back to normal, back to the past, back to the way things were. Guys, that's not going to happen. There is no going back. There's no going back to your relationship with your cluster B partner. And there's no going back to the way things were in our world pre-pandemic because things have changed. Things are going to continue to change. Things are going to require change, new thoughts, new paradigm shifts, uh, new outside of the box problem solving and ways of thinking about things that people just aren't doing because they're trying to get back to the way things were, you know, get out there, get back in the classrooms, get back in the shopping centers, get back in the malls. Do you think we're going to have schools that look the way they do today or the way they have looked in the past in the future? How could that be possible? Do you think we're going to have malls where you go down to the food court and get your smoothie and your and your uh, chicken fingers and sit there and watch people shop and go into all those uh, stores at the mall? I don't think so. It's time to start thinking that change is upon us, both in releasing our relationship with this mentally impaired person and also releasing any notion we have of returning to a past that has had its day in the sun. And it is over. It is over and time to do something else. So here are a few things I've put together. <clears throat> One of the first things to consider is that we must wake up and acknowledge the reality and gravity of the situation. It's no joke. And um, things are not going to repair themselves. Things are pretty serious worldwide. Everything, climate change, racial tensions, inequality, income disparity, um, violence against women, against ethnic groups, against just all of it. There's so many things I can't list them all. And they all need attention. And they all need solutions. And they all need new, innovative outside the box thinking, not just trying to go back to the past. It's like, it's like trying to promise all the coal miners. Yeah, we're going to get y'all back to work. Coal is great. No, it's not. 
It's dirty energy and there are better ways. And those people, they should not be left out of jobs. They should be retrained to do something else, to be financially stable, but with newer, cleaner energy. And that should be part of the thing. Part of the stepping away from coal would be to to get these people who depend on that industry into other, better, cleaner, more modern ways of doing things. That was just an example. Um, so next, you have to fortify yourself. Grow your power. Stabilize. Work on achieving wholeness. You are of no use to anyone if you don't first take care of yourself. I know you've heard that before. Here's another tip. Do selfless acts of generosity, benevolence, charity, and sacrifice. These deeds will grow your heart and strengthen it like nothing else. Next, practice gratitude and dig deep for enough hope to fuel you through the dark days that are invariably ahead. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some bumpy parts coming up, guys. I think so. And we have to brace ourselves for that. Also, be kind and love your fellow man the way that you love yourself. Treat them as equals and actually see the beauty in each and every living soul, regardless of any barriers that may separate you, whether it's economics or the color of their skin or if they look funny or whatever, you know, that doesn't mean anything. We all have intrinsic value as human beings and we need to see that in each other instead of seeing the things that we don't agree with or that we don't have in common we should forgive those who have done us harm then create the necessary boundaries to protect ourselves so that there can be no future harm and then the final tip don't whine don't complain don't spend all of your time just talking about how terrible things are, you know, just work harder, spend more time alone with yourself and spend more time doing things. We live in a world where ego is God. The narcissist or psychopath has constructed a magnificent tower of ego that has become his or her prison. He or she will be captive there until the day they die. The world we live in is not really that different. We are walled away in our sequestered rooms filled with technology, trinkets, um, you know, meaningless diversions. A significant number of the population lives somewhere on the spectrum of personality disorders, and many cross over into that pathological realm. The root cause of all destruction is ego. There are two types of ego that are the most destructive. Number one, the ego of power, wealth, and greed. And number two, the ego of arrogance, entitlement, and vanity. As long as such egoism persists, peace and contentment will be impossible. One idea that is gaining traction is the concept of the quiet ego. The volume of the ego is turned down so that it might listen to others as well as to itself in, in an effort to approach life more humanely and compassionately. The quiet ego 
approach focuses on balancing the interests of the self and others. Isn't that a novel idea? The disordered person is simply incapable of turning down the volume on their shattered ego that has been replaced by a false self. And what about the world? Can we step back and reimagine a society that works together without fierce competition, envy, or greed? I guess time will tell. So I have another quote for you from, yes, you guessed it, Joan Didion. She says, life changes fast. Life changes in an instant. You sit down to dinner and life as you know it ends. Happened to me, guys. June 18th, 2019, I woke up, came down, thought, woohoo, we're home from vacation. Let's have some lemon ricotta pancakes and strawberries. Let's go up to Torchy's and get some tacos. But instead, within minutes, my life was turned upside down. That quick, these guys will just, just do it that quickly. Boom, out of nowhere, annihilated. We live in a time of transition, guys, we do. And as survivors of disordered relationships, you know, we struggle to transition without our abuser alone. You know, we're all fighting for our lives. It's nice to have a common goal. Failure is unacceptable. We really need to push through to the other side to discover this new world. Um, Got another quote for you, and this comes from uh, the poem. The darkness drops again, but now I know that 20 centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast, it's our come round at last slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. That's from that poem that we started out with. Gosh, that's powerful. He speaks of a coming apocalypse, moving slowly, inevitably approaching. World events seem to be escalating and moving towards such a conclusion. Didion speaks of Bethlehem as the countercultural revolution of the 60s and calls it a tipping point when America lost its way during that time. You know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Those of us who are trying to piece back the fragments of a life shattered by the narcopath, we understand the parallels to the way the world is fragmenting and going up in smoke. You want to hold on in terror of the prospect of losing your grip on the glittery golden moments that bound you to your tormentor and ultimately your destroyer. But you know, you can't go back. There's nothing for you back there. And why would you want to try to hold on to a past that was so flawed and broken? We all need to let go of this past. For those of of us in recovery, we must stay here in the present, in the now, and begin to build a new and better future. And the same applies to everybody these days. All of us need to let go of the past, the imperfect, 
broken past rife with racism, inequity, corruption, and vice, and reach for a new and improved way to live as a community, as a country, as global citizens. Maybe we all lingered too long in the shared fantasy. La La Land is a lovely place, but it was never real. It's time to get real. Maybe we can't save our narcopath, and maybe we can't save the world, but it starts by accepting that the past is gone, and it was never what we really thought it was anyway. It was all an illusion, a deception, a mirage, denial, and all we can do to heal ourselves and try to be healthy and whole. That's all we can do. We do that, and that's the best start. If we can just do that, we can build resilience, accept change, and set sails to a brighter future. That's my message for today, NARC Troopers. And for all of you in recovery, I send you much love. We can do this. Do not let people get in your way. There will be obstructions. There will be barriers. There will be bumps. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That's what we have to do. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.